Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's time to wake up. It's five and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you are looking forward to the weekend as it is Friday. And we got plenty to talk about today. And it's going to be a a, a fun show. A fun show. Because we got the doghouse. Langford's long balls. Which had officially made its second... uh, not, Not debut, but it made its debut of the season... Last week, when I was filling in on the Morning Rose with Bonte. So, Langford's long balls. My favorite home... It's normally my favorite home runs for the week. But, since it is the home run derby coming up on Monday, going to do a Langford's long balls edition for the home run derby. Because we're going to do a full preview of that come Monday morning. So, we're not going to have time. So, I'm going to choose the best home runs from these guys, from each of these participants through the 2022 season. So that's going to be coming up at about 5.40. The Doghouse at 5.15. And we've had some NBA news as a what we thought was going to be a sign-and-trade was going to go down. Instead, it turned into what is DeAndre Ayton sticking with the Suns. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. that is the Comcast business text line. That's also the phone number. I just want to share some thoughts real quick on the Giants game last night as they lose to the Brewers 3-2, to the first game of a four-game set. Carlos Rodon versus perennial all-star Corbin Burns. That dude is just nasty. And really, that was the takeaway in this one. Throughout the game, and even getting into the later innings when the Giants actually had an opportunity to score... Even getting into the 8th inning when Darren Ruff comes in 
as a pinch hitter for Brandon Belt, and he has two outs, and he has runners on, and he has an opportunity here to drive runners in. Instead, he just flies out. But the entire time, as I'm watching that inning, as I'm watching Brandon Crawford lead things off with a single, Wilmer Flores coming in as a pinch hitter and then striking out when the count gets to a uh, when the count was already 3-0 and they fight back and they strike him out. Lamont Wade drawing the walk with a big at bat there. So you had two runners on. Then Austin Slater comes in. Austin Slater grounds out to third. Third baseman touches the bag. You still have runners on first and second. Tyro Estrada gets hit in the foot. And that's one of those that's one of those hit by pitches where you're looking at that in pain. Cause that thing just hit right on the foot, right on the metatarsal or whatever bone that's called in the foot. Like I can't imagine what that's like getting hit by a it was actually a breaking ball I think but I can't imagine getting hit by that sort of pitch where it's coming in on your foot and you got to wake up the next morning that pain it's just got to be it's got to be insurmountable like it's got to be you can't get over that so Tyro Estrada ends up getting hit by the pitch and there's bases loaded Darren Ruff ends up working a 3-1 count and I think he was guessing because he did not expect that little breaking ball to come in, that little sinker, and Darren Ruff flew out to right, game over. Now, the entire time, as I'm watching that inning, I couldn't help but think, man, the Giants right now don't deserve to win this game. I know it's a tied game. I know it's tied 2-2. But Carlos Rodon, even though he struck out the side in that second inning... The second inning still gave up three straight singles prior to striking out the side. So I I don't really know if you could count that as necessarily striking out the side because there were two sides in that inning. There were two sets of three batters. But he was constantly getting runners on. And they took him out after the fifth inning. And... I you know you disagree with the with the you disagree with the decision in real time because you know you're thinking why would you take off Carlos Rodon after the fifth when he's your all star when he's going to be your representative but at the same time they did not fail to get on base every single inning that he was out there so Gabe Kapler decided that he had to make the move. Brings in John Brebbia, and John Brebbia ends up giving up a run, tying the game at 2-2. But the bullpen held steady through the rest of the game. They did. Harleen Garcia was awesome in his outing. Dominic Leone got into a little hot water with the fly ball there. Mike Yastrzemski making a nice catch, but Dom Leone getting out of the inning. Camilo Doval going two innings strong. Even though there was a, even though there was that run given up in the tenth inning, and they had to bring him out in the tenth, I just didn't feel like the Giants deserved to win that game. That's that's just it. Whether it's because the Brewers kept them in the game with the errors that they were making, <laughs> the fact that Yaz managed to score in what inning was that? What what inning was that where where, where Yaz was able to score? Like it was in the third inning, right? Yeah. <laughs> where, where Mike Yastrzemski gets on with a walk, steals second, gets to third on a wild pitch, and then manages to score on a wild pitch. 
Like, that was the way that the Giants were obtaining runs yesterday. It just didn't work. It didn't work. And I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. In that Diamondback series, having Mark Melanson close out the game, knowing how poorly he had played closing out the game when he was with the Giants, or the fact that Trevor Gott comes in with two outs left, strikes out the next two, and ends up getting a W on this night. I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> the, more Mar- the Mark Melanson save, even though they did eventually get to him, or the Trevor Gott W. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. I don't know which one. But nevertheless, the Giants lose 3-2. Corbin Burns was just fantastic. Corbin Burns is... He's unreal. He went seven and a third. Got a little hairy there after the seventh inning. Struck out ten. Walked three. Set a season high in pitches in a game for him. Corbin Burns was awesome. How many did he have in total? I just want to make sure I got this right. Yeah, 115. 115 with the season high for him. That slider that he has, that cut fastball... Just the, the the slow pace in which he in which he goes about him uh, go to goes about his business on the mound. You know, it, it's kind of terrifying the way that he goes about it because he you know it's as if he's pitching from the stretch the entire time. Doesn't do the wind up, and then it doesn't look like much, but all the momentum in that front leg when he's pushing forward, and then the 95, 96 mile an hour fastball with movement. Just unreal by Corbin Burns. So, shout out to him. Shout out to the Brewers, I guess, for getting the win. The Giants move on to 45 and 43 on the season. But I got to be honest, that's not what I was running hot about coming into this morning. There's a couple of things that I do want to get into. And I kind of have a, uh, I have a, it's a special edition of the Doghouse coming up next. But what I'm about to talk about here is going to tie in uh, with the Doghouse, which is on the other side. Uh, but I'm going to play this cut from our very own Damon Bruce. And Damon Bruce ended up getting called out by Draymond Green yesterday on the Draymond Green Show, brought to you by The Volume Sports, brought to you by Colin Cowherd, brought to you by Draymond Green, The Draymond Green Show, brought to you by Draymond Green. But Damon Bruce said this about James Wiseman on Monday after the Warriors Summer League game and James Wiseman's debut. And for a guy who has not played any basketball for the better part of two years, hey, it's just good to see him out there. He went out, he played a basketball game, and he is available for the next basketball game that the Warriors are going to play tomorrow night. So like right there, it's a little bit of a win. But anytime you're a seven footer who plays 20 minutes of basketball and you got two rebounds to show for it, that's just not good. I mean, there's no way to skew that or pretend like that is good. It just isn't. It isn't. And I was really disappointed that he only pulled down two rebounds and had a good look. Like, here's the deal Chet Holmgren. (laughs) is already 50 times the basketball player than James Wiseman is. And that, to me, is a little concerning. See, now, this is how sports takes are. Gave this analogy on the morning roast, thought of it last week, and you know what? I'm going to stick with it here on the pregame show. But the issue that I have with a lot of these uh, these national pundits here, and I'm not talking about Damon specifically at all. I'm talking about the Nick Wrights and Skip Bayless, the guys that Draymond was originally calling out. The issue that I have with 
those takes is, it's like when a base runner is getting into his lead. Right? When there's a runner on first, they get into their primary lead, and then they get into their secondary lead. Right? You get the primary lead, and then you understand that the pitcher is going to be going home. He's not going to try to pick you off. So you get your secondary lead. You inch a little closer to second base, just to give you that that uh, a, a little less room to the next bag, right? When it comes to like the national media, it's always the primary take, and then there's always another take that goes along with it. So Nick Wrights, for example, when talking about Andrew Wiggins and how Andrew Wiggins, he it was the worst contract in NBA history. All right, that's the primary take. But then you go, or actually the primary take is you don't like the contract. The primary take is he doesn't like this Wiggins contract and doesn't think it's a good move for the Warriors. Then that secondary lead, that secondary take is, oh, it's the worst contract in NBA history. Well, Nick Wright decided that he's going to make a secondary lead all the way around to home where he's going to say, by the way, Steph Curry is done. The Warriors dynasty is over, blah, 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 blah. And Damon kind of did that same thing, except it's certainly not extreme because he's not saying anything to the effect of, oh, the Warriors are never going to win another championship, blah, like whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not making that bold of a statement. But one saying that Chet Holmgren is already 50 times better than James Wiseman, yeah, that's a secondary lead that might have gone a little too far. That's a secondary take where. Okay, he might have looked better in Summer League, and it's hard to dispute what he's saying based off of what's going on in Summer League because Chet Holmgren has looked fantastic, but just to say 50 times better, yeah, you can you can dispute that. But Draymond Green clearly caught wind of it, and I'm sure it was through social media, but here's what Draymond Green had to say uh, about... Damon's point on James Wiseman because he mentioned this on the Draymond Green show brought to you by Draymond Green on the volume sports brought to you by Draymond Green and Colin Cowherd. Just happy to see him out there doing what he loves to do again and having the opportunity to play basketball. I know there was a lot of talk around the first game like oh he had two rebounds like don't get me wrong like that's the first thing I looked at too like Wise you can't have two rebounds but for those of you out there who's just going to criticize and don't know I saw the guy um, from uh, from 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 the rattle Damon rattle uh, show in the Bay, I think, or something like that. Uh, dude, Damon, like you come out and, and you want to talk about Chet Holmgren is light years ahead of James Wiseman right now. Whatever you said made that statement. Let me help you out. Rebounding is a timing thing. You know, rebounding is not just I'm tall, I'm long, I can jump, I'm athletic. Rebounding is timing. And for someone that has not played basketball since 2018, I know you wouldn't understand, but your timing is probably messed up. Because that's four years and some change of not consistently playing basketball. So those that has done this will understand that that is 100% of time. Like like I said, again, I would never excuse James Wiseman having two rebounds, nor do I think James Wiseman would excuse it. But I am also, and, and as someone who's done this at this level, who continues to do this at this level, I do understand that rebounding is. Obviously, you got to have a knack for the ball. You got to do the proper things and boxing out. Uh, Coach Izzo used to teach us hit, find, and fetch. Go hit your man, find the ball, then go get it. Yeah, all of those things. And who wants the ball more? It's all of those things. But equally as important, if not the most important, is your time. So Draymond calls out Damon. And, of course, Draymond's the face of this new media, at least within the NBA realm. Right? 
Like, this is the start of the new media, because he always talks about C.J. McCollum and J.J. Redick not giving anyone outside of basketball they're just due because the new media according to Draymond is they're going to teach basketball and not criticize these players and create outlandish takes which is great which is awesome but also a part of the new media is calling out takes that they disagree with now that's already something that the old media according to Draymond that's what we do here in terrestrial radio already Like, it's kind of low-hanging fruit at this point to play anything from Skip Bayless, so really we avoid that from now on because it's just anything that he says, he doesn't believe. We all know that he's doing it for shock value. Nick Wright will play some of the things that he says. Kendrick Perkins, we might play some of that because it'll get a rise out of us, it'll get a rise out of the listener, but that's already what the old media does, right? And I'm thinking with the new media... They need to, like, the way that I want the new media to be, because, sure, of course, you disagree with Damon's take, 510, Damon deserves the heat from Draymond, he's being reductive, totally fine. But that's already what the old media does. Now, what I, now, of course, we want to see the players continue to do that. The new media, if they want to do that, that's totally fine. But one thing that I want to see from the new media, and what I want to see that's quote unquote new in the media, are more podcasts like. The one we just got with Jamarcus Russell, with Ryan Clark, with Fred Taylor. These guys on the Pivot podcast, they had an interview with Jamarcus Russell, and it was eye-opening. And I want to get to some of that next. That's actually going to lead us into the doghouse. Now, you, of course, can weigh in at 888-957-9570 at the Comcast business text line, also the phone number. You can weigh in. Who is in your doghouse for this week? Someone in your life who maybe has frustrated you? Someone that, you know, something that happened, you know? Or it could be someone in sports for whatever they've done. Who's in your doghouse for this week? At 888-957-9570. I'd love to hear from you because I got some thoughts on Jamarcus Russell, his time with the Raiders, and his first time, really, doing an extensive interview with the media ever since he'd been gone from the NFL. So I want to get to that next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. It is Friday. Heading into the weekend. Very excited for the weekend. Now, coming up in about 17 minutes at 540 going to go through the Home Run Derby participants because the Home Run Derby has been announced and it is a Home Run Derby edition of Langford's Long Balls where normally I'd choose my five favorite home runs from the week because there's a lot that there's a lot of home runs that are hit during the week a lot so I parse them down and I choose five of them, five that I think that you should know about, that you should hear of, because there's normally a story behind it, something pretty cool. There's sometimes a walk-off, whatever it is, the distance, whatever you want. But I chose the best home runs for each of the home run derby participants, so that's coming up. And I was going to do the doghouse this segment, as I would do every Friday, and I want to be real with you here, because... I had one plan for the doghouse. One plan. And that was to have Jamarcus Russell in the doghouse. Because <laughs> Jamarcus Russell has recently written a Players Tribune article where he explained everything growing up. And before I even read it, I'm like, okay, what's Jamarcus going to say? And then I saw clips. You know, saw little quotes. I didn't read the whole thing. Saw little quotes. And I thought, damn, okay. Just no accountability taken. But then I listened to his interview on the Pivot podcast, which was at one point, these guys were all on uh, these guys were all on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, but Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, and Ryan Clark, all these guys. Or it was originally The Pivot. I wish I knew the history a little bit more. But these two podcasts are connected in some way. And they had Jamarcus Russell on. Now, last segment, I played Draymond Green's reaction to him calling out Damon for Damon's take on Wiseman. And if the new media, you know, as, as Draymond calls it, the new media, if they're going to just spend that time calling out media members for their takes, well, that's already something that's been done. You know, that's not necessarily new. It's just different because, well, these guys have played in the NBA, so when you hear them specifically calling out media members, which does not happen too often with players, then you're gonna your ears perk up, right? You start to listen. But in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing new, right? Like, we do this all the time. I mean, yesterday I just played sound from Brian Windhorst and Rick Buecher and reacted to that. But what I do like about the new media is that they can get these types of stories. Now, Jamarcus Russell was on the Pivot Podcast, as I mentioned, and he talked about a variety of things. 
And I just want to play this one clip for you. This was toward the end when he was asked if he has any regrets. This is Jamarcus Russell on the Pivot Podcast. I regret that I wasn't able to become the football player that I always once wanted to be as a child. I want to be some like Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't always the fastest. I wasn't, I like to throw that. You know? yeah. Like, that was cool to me. And, you know, like I say, the that happened, I just, that's what I, that's what I do regret. I regret I couldn't be that guy, you know, that, that I wanted to be for what everybody else say about who they wanted me to be for them. Mm-hmm. Talking about for myself. Put up. Sorry, the music was right there at the end of that video. But nevertheless, that was the clip from the Pivot Podcast. Now, there was a lot that went into it through the hour. And they talked about a variety of things. You know, his time at LSU and Ryan Clark, previously his teammate. They talked about a variety of things. And as a Raider fan, you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up a Raider fan. And Jamarcus Russell, just that name alone, it just creates this anger among the fan base, right? Whenever you mention that name. But the reality is you haven't heard him speak too much. And when he talked about what he talked about on the podcast, there was the way that the coaches treated him after his rookie year. The whole incident with the coach giving him that DVD, saying that, hey, on this DVD, I gave you a bunch of plays. Go home, check them out, and then tell me what you think. Next, uh, tell me what you think tomorrow. Come back, tell me what you think about that DVD. Jamarcus comes back, says, "Oh man, I studied everything. I'm ready to go. Let's go." And then the coach tells him, "Well, it was a blank DVD. There was nothing on there. He was testing him to see if he would actually watch it when he clearly didn't, and he was bothered by that." Now. The whole point of this is, and the reason why I want to speak to this, is, man, I'm I'm like, I'm thinking about this, and I I have complicated feelings, you know, towards Jamarcus Russell, because as that number one overall pick was supposed to do something with the Raiders and watching him on the field, it was incredibly frustrating, and he was kind of the face of it. But I also thought to myself... As I'm listening to this, because he talked about how the coaches didn't give him any respect and didn't want to help him win, didn't have the roster around him to help. He's saying he's calling out guys like Jerry Porter, saying like, 84, if you're not catching reverses in practice, how the hell are you going to catch a 90-yard pass downfield? Now, we could listen to Jerry Porter and what those passes on the reverses were like, whether they were accurate or not. <laughs> like we could, we could talk, go back and forth all day. But the point being is, I think we can be wrong about certain players like this, especially when we haven't heard their side of the story. Because it's it's interesting to think about it when you've read all this stuff. And you heard all this stuff. It's all from different voices. You hadn't heard from Jamarcus Russell himself. Well, this being the first time that you had, you heard from the coaches. And also, the way that they were paying him. It was reported that he had held out a training camp his first full season. Held out a training camp because of money. Obviously, he was paid that four-year deal. I think it was worth $60 million, $40 million, excuse me. And... They couldn't pay him right away because they just didn't have the money to pay him. So they had to wait till this TV deal was settled, 
when they signed a contract to that, then they paid him using the money from that TV deal. But they reported it as he was holding out. He didn't want to hold out. They forced him to not play because they hadn't paid him yet. So already he was off to a rocky start. But this dude had both the coaches going at him, but and they not, they're not helping him. But at the same time, he didn't help himself. That's the thing with, with, with this situation with Jamarcus is he did not help himself. You know, the, the term closed mouths don't get fed. I try to live by that one. And he clearly needed help, but I don't think he even knew that he needed help at the time. And whether that's help on the business side of things, you know, so he's not getting screwed over when he's a 21-year-old and he's a number one overall pick. I don't. The whole point of me doing this is... I was going to put him in the doghouse originally for this week, but I changed my tune on that. He doesn't really deserve that. Now, granted, both sides are to blame here, so really I guess I could put both the Raiders organization and Jamarcus in the doghouse at the same time. But I was also thinking about this, too, because I remember back in 2007, all the way up until Jamarcus was really done with this team in 2010, the opinion on the coaches had never been lower from the fan base. Maybe maybe what maybe earlier on when Art Shell was back but still the opinions of the coaches had never been lower. I remember Chuck Bresnahan was number 1, enemy number 1 among the Raider fan base, that defensive coordinator. He was terrible. So if Jamarcus is saying these things about the Raiders coaches and the fan base were saying the same thing about the Raiders coaches, well, it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, I agree with the coaches on this one. They must have done a really good job setting up Jamarcus Russell for success. That'd be hypocritical to say that. So really, you know what? You know who's in the doghouse? Both the Raiders and Jamarcus Russell. They're all in the doghouse for the sake of this one. And you know what? I do actually have one. Just one quick 15 seconds. Water beetles. Water beetles are officially in my doghouse. The water beetles kept me up all night. Had no clue what they were. Got to wake up at 3 in the morning and you're you're crawling around my house at 11.30 at night. What do you think you're doing, water beetle? Now, maybe I should just, you know, blame the fact that the, uh, <clears throat> the pipes in my apartment complex weren't working. But, you know what? Whatever. Not going to focus on that. I'm focusing solely on the water beetle. The water beetle officially in my doghouse. You do no good. That's such a that's such an inside joke uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to this show. All right, on the other side, I want to get to this DeAndre Ayton trade and just give you a little update around the world in NBA because last night we did have some breaking news regarding DeAndre Ayton, what this means for Kevin Durant. But also, Langford's Long Balls, Home Run Derby Edition, that's on the other side as well. Can't wait for it. Final half hour of the show coming up, heading into your weekend. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. This bed will never get old. Shout out to the internet. I got a shirt from this band called the internet. And the shirt simply has internet put on the front. 
Every time I wear it, I always get the same reaction. Are you just wearing a shirt that says internet? It's a band. It makes sense. Look on the back. There's a little design of the band on the back. Makes more sense. Yeah, shirt that just says internet. How about that? 888 is the Comcast business text line and the phone number. Want to have some fun heading into the weekend because the home run derby participants were made official as Corey Seager was the last one named as we have eight different guys within baseball participating in the home run derby. It's happening on Monday. The All-Star game is on the 12th, but we're going to have plenty more to, t- or excuse me, on the, tu- on the 12th. Uh, the uh, the All-Star game is on the Tuesday. Not sure why I said the 12th, but nevertheless, we continue to move forward. And there's going to be too much to talk about on Monday, so I wanted to get this one out the way, but we are going to have the home run derby version of Langford's Long Balls, but real quick from the 510, Big Kurt from East Oakland, you're in my doghouse for putting the water beetles in the doghouse. Hey, they got to live too. All right, my bad. My bad. Big Kurt from East Oakland, water beetle advocate. <laughs> I'm telling you, see, watching those things, seeing that thing, just in the apartment, it's like, how the hell did you get in here? And I promise you, it's, it's what's been going on in the apartment complex, all right? We've had issues with the water. It's like three separate times. I've only lived there since December, and it's like three separate times that we've had to have our water shut off, shut off for consecutive days. Then the water beetles, now they fixed it, but now water beetles are showing up in the apartment. Just brutal. Don't worry, though. Don't worry, Big Kurt. All I used was a mason jar, put it in the mason jar, then just tossed it outside. And then from the 408, no, 100% Jamarcus, he didn't care about football. So last segment, if you're just getting into your car now, I played a little bit of the Jamarcus Russell sound from the Pivot Podcast, and... I also played something from Draymond Green because Draymond Green was on the Draymond Green Show brought to you by Draymond Green, the volume sports Carl Coward, Draymond Green. I just love how he calls his show to the Draymond Green Show and every other when every other podcast has like some, you know, some catchy name like, you know, the old man in the three instead of the old man in the sea with J.J. Reddick. Uh, the Point Forward podcast with Iguodala and Evan Turner, the Point Forward because that's like the position they play. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of different podcasts with the names. Then Draymond Green's like, you know what I'm going to call mine? The Draymond Green Show. But he uh, he called out Damon, and Draymond is a Draymond for making his James Wiseman comments. And Draymond is a uh, part of the new media. He is the face of the new media. But what I want to see from the new media is not only having them teach. I can't wait for Draymond to have like a full off season under his belt. Maybe a little more planning going into the podcast and teaching eventually as the games are going on because you know he did in summer league and everything like his takes on Balo Boncaro and um and and Moses Moody hearing him talk about all that stuff it's great but I can't wait till the real games come around um for him to teach but also what I want them to what I what I think the new media should bring to the table that the terrestrial radio, the old media can't really do. I think they need to have more stories like this with the misunderstood. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in sports who are misunderstood. And if you're a Raider fan, for example, and you listen to that podcast with Jamarcus Russell, and you don't at least change your tune a little bit on him, 
your opinion doesn't at least start turning around on Jamarcus and you really hear the words that you uh, 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 really use the words that you have to say or really hear his words that he has to say, if you really do, like it's hard to just hear what he's saying and think, damn, I still can't stand that guy. Like It's hard to think that. You know what I mean? Like hearing from these guys and and them talking with pros too. That's the main that's the that's the difference between old media and new media. I, I don't know. I I hate that phrasing. I don't even know why I'm using it so much. But the difference is these guys can get access to these players like we've never gotten before. And if you have a misunderstood player like Jamarcus Russell, which is what I'm categorizing him as, um, as far as who he was, I think misunderstood is a good term to use. It was just, and it's not to say that he doesn't get any of the blame either. He certainly does, and he blames himself. He's not looking to get any pity. He mentions that in the podcast. He understands that he should have worked harder, and he has a lot of regrets. But the Raiders didn't do him any favor either. So I do I do think that uh, the new media needs to be responsible for kind of clarifying the misunderstood in sports. Because that, that podcast, that interview, was just fascinating. And from the 1905, Stephen, do you use your yuck it up voice in your real life? I don't know. I don't know. I, what, dude, what, I, what I do on the air, okay... I may not be this emotional in real life, but there are times, I'm not going to lie, 925, I've done this before, where I'll start talking uh, talking in a conversation with some friends, and we're talking about sports, and I'll talk about them, but using, like, radio tactics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like a radio way. Hmm, is that overrated or underrated? <laughs> Can you put that into a top five list, please, and rank them? Like, I don't even know what we're talking about, but you know what? Can you put that in the top five list? Where does ketchup rank in your all-time category of condiments? <laughs> you know what I mean? I do do that. I don't know, 925. That's a good question. I'd like to think I'm as real as I am with you here. As genuine as I possibly can be. I mean, for Christ's sake, I talk about water beetles for 15 minutes a couple of days ago. Because I got those in my apartment. Just brutal. Um, so I think that the new media needs to do that. Now, something that I do, and this is... this <laughs> From the 510, Raiders suck. Yeah, well, they did at the time. High hopes for this year. Uh, good Lord, if they don't... Oh, I don't even want to think about that. But anyway, um, something that I do. I don't know if I'm considered the new media or the old media. I'm just a guy. So I do this segment, and you haven't heard it, at 5.45, 5.46, whatever it is. It's 5.47 now. You have not heard me do this segment for the entirety of the season. I did it all last year, but that's because the Warriors were in the championships, and you know it was hard to fit this segment in. And finally, I have gotten some time, as last Friday I was on the morning roast with Bonte, filling in for our guy Shasky, and Bonte... Let me do Langford's Long Balls, where I choose my five favorite home runs of the week. Now, it just so happens that the Home Run Derby is coming up, so I chose my favorite home runs from the Home Run Derby participants. Let's get into it. Oh, it's my favorite time of year. We're in the middle of July, nothing going on. 
Actually, my girlfriend just texted in 925. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does use that voice. Apparently, I do. But Langford's Long Balls, it is my favorite time of the year. By the way, uh, Jesse, if you're listening, can you uh, put my laundry in the laundry room? I know we got something to do afterwards, so I need the laundry. Like, having the laundry at least be half done by the time I get home, that'd be fantastic. So if you could put that, put the laundry in the laundry room, that'd be awesome. <laughs> just, just doing the personal business on the air. Very unprofessional. But we got the home run derby coming up. I cannot wait the lineup, the whatever you want to call it, is stacked. And you know what? We're going to go down the list here in alphabetical order by last name. So the first participant in the home run derby, and I'm sorry, A's fans, but I take this back to when the Braves and the A's were playing. This was the first of his two home runs on June 7th. But in the home run derby is one Ronald Acuna Jr. Pitch on the way to Acuna. Swung on on a fly ball to center. Pache sprinting back. Pache to the wall. Pache giving up. That's going to soar right on out of here. Ronald Acuna with a home run to straightaway center field. And it's a 2-1 ball game. Credit to Bally Sports for that audio. 464 feet. Straightaway center. He got a curveball, and he absolutely mashed it. Now, Ronald Acuna, he only has eight home runs on the year so far, but he leads the league in average distance per home run. He's averaging 437 feet per home run. That's insane. Now, eight is a very small sample size. I will I, I will give you that. Eight is a small sample size. But the fact that eight of them on average, have gone 40, 437 feet. Man, I can't wait for Ronald Acuna Jr. in the home run derby. All right, our next participant, our next victim for Langford's Long Balls in the home run derby, it is Pete Alonzo, and this is a walk-off homer back in May. And Alonzo cracks one of the best wins. It just so happened that that walk-off homer was the longest that he's had so far this season. Pete Alonzo is just an absolute beast. I'm actually picking this dude to win the whole thing. I think Pete Alonzo is just unbelievable. And when you consider he's the back-to-back champion, like there is no stopping this guy. This dude just mashes batting practice home run uh, pitches. Like That's what you got to take into account as well, is how well these dudes play within batting practice. He's got 24 home runs on the year. He's batting 268. He's got 74 RBIs. I cannot wait. Cannot wait to see Pete Alonzo in the home run derby. All right, next on this list, and this is one that I didn't expect because he's only got five home runs on the year. But you know what? That works perfectly for the number on the back of his jersey. It's one Albert Pujols. And Pujols has tied it down the left field line. Goodbye! His 20th home run in this ballpark. Second of the year. 6-81. Now again, actually he's got six home runs this year. Six for Albert Pujols. 
But that was his second home run of the season, and that was the longest home run that he's hit this season. It still went over 450 feet. Albert Pujols can still mash. And when that dude launches one to left field with that follow-through that he has... And, and one of the most intimidating, I'm telling you, one of the most intimidating batting stances ever. It's funky looking. You don't know what exactly to expect, but when he starts, when he gets into that stance and he's in the squat, it's just, you feel like you can't pitch strike. You just feel like you can't put anything anywhere near the zone or else Pujols will absolutely crush it. I know he's only batting 214 on the year. He's not an everyday player. He's certainly not the player that he once was, but I personally love that baseball is doing this i think they need to honor their stars more and the fact that he's not getting you know this farewell tour that Derek jeter got i don't think we need those types of farewell tours but i think there does need to be some more respect put on albert Pujols' name just because he was given one of the worst contracts in baseball history with that contract that he was given with the angels when he was over the age of 30 whatever it was 10 years and it's just an unreal contract there you're paying him 37 million a year or whatever it was one of the worst contracts ever in sports but that made us forget that he is one of the greatest players that we have ever seen i can't wait to see albert pujols in the home run derby he's one of my favorites now this dude next up on langford's long balls We've gone through the first four. Now it's time to go through the last again. These aren't in any particular order, but these are the biggest home runs from each home run derby participant so far this season in 2022. And this dude, he's one of the best all-around hitters in the game right now. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the best at the home run derby, but it is one Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Guardians. Set up because they bunch everybody. Uh-oh. Well, that one's a long Uh-oh. gone. Jose Ramirez with a triple and now a home run, and he has a five RBI day in Detroit. Jose Ramirez is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I think I think he's one of the most underrated hitters in the game. I said that yesterday as I, as I was updating this. But that was only 437 feet. He's got 17 home runs. He's batting 285 right now and he's got 69 nice RBIs this season. Jose Ramirez is fantastic, and I do think that we need to put a little respect on his name, but when it comes to the home run derby compared to these other guys, it's not like he's going to just absolutely mash on every single one. He'll get it over the fence. He might get a lot of them. He could win this whole damn thing. But personally, when I saw that name, I thought, eh, okay. He's currently second to Pete Alonso, by the way, in RBIs this year. Alonso has 74. Ramirez has 69. So he is the best all-around hitter that is participating in this thing. But, you know, I've been I've been more excited for certain guys. All right, let's go. Next up, I can't wait for this dude. The rookie sensation for the Seattle Mariners. And it just so happens that his longest home run of the season, 452 feet, was his first career home run. Hammered. Blast off. Left field. Number one. Here it comes. Julio Rodriguez with a mash of a three-run bomb. And the 21-year-old will touch them all for the first time. It comes in Miami. The Mariners have won 11 games in a row. And Julio Rodriguez has been an absolute stud this season, batting 273, has 15 home runs, 45 RBIs. 
the thing about Julio Rodriguez that I love? Not only is it J-Rod, love J-Rod, that nickname, but it's his swing. It's the swag that he brings to the game. The dude's a five-tool player, and he's going to be a fantastic addition to this Mariners team, and I think that he is on his way to already drawing comparisons to Ken Griffey Jr., the things that he's doing in his rookie season. Julio Rodriguez cannot wait to see him in in the home run derby. You know, it's unreal. These next two guys are a little younger, but just thinking that Ronald Acuna, who's 24, Julio Rodriguez, who's 21, and then Albert Pujols, who's 42, is going to be participating in this home run derby. I cannot wait for Monday. All right, next on this list, this dude is leading the National League in home runs. And when you put this guy in Coors Field, things are going to happen. And he crushed one 460 feet. That man is Kyle Schwarber. Oh, oh, fly ball at deep right field. That's going to be way oh. out of here. Into the upper deck. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber has just tied this game up at four. He hit one into the third deck here at Coors Field. What a shot that was. So I think this guy is going to be a betting darling in this one. Pete Alonso is going to be right up there too. But Kyle Schwarber, he's only batting 214 this year, same as Albert Pujols, but he's got 28 home runs. And that's all he does. It's all he does is hit home runs. If you want to talk about those players who are the face of the three true outcomes, Kyle Schwarber is one of those guys. Joey Gallo is one of those guys. Christian Walker from the Diamondbacks is one of those guys. But Kyle Schwarber absolutely rakes. And watching him hit batting practice fastballs, I can't wait for that. I think Kyle Schwarber is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. But that one against Colorado, against one Herman Marquez. But last up, and I'm I'm not sure how excited I am for this dude, but Corey Seager is a fantastic player. He's currently with the Texas Rangers. And he hit one earlier on in the season that was mashed. They need Corey in these spots. And he hits one a ton. Deep out to right. It is gone. A massive blow by Corey Seager. And he has tied it in the eighth. Right on cue, Corey Seager. 21 home runs on the year. He's only batting 246. Corey Seager used to be that type of player where he was, you know, a 300 hitter. Could hit that amount of home runs. Just an all-around player. But, you know, age gets to you. Time waits for nobody. And it happens. But Corey Seager participating in the home run derby. That'll be a lot of fun. So Ronald Acuna, Pete Alonso, Jose Ramirez, Albert Pujols, Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Schwarber. And is there one that I'm missing here? Oh my goodness, there's one that I'm missing! Oh, there's one that I'm missing! Oh, I'm going to play this one, and this is the most important one! Juan Soto! Juan Soto! <laughs> An absolute moonshot to right! That ball was demolished! His fourth home run in five games... And I'm shocked that thing finally came down. Well, it stopped somewhere. 444 feet. 112 off the bat. Absolutely mashed it. But that was one from July 13th. That was a couple of days ago where he just stared at the catcher and threw his bat. 
The only the, the funny part is about Juan Soto though, is he is fantastic, probably the best hitter in baseball. But he, he uh, Juan Soto, yikes! That dude every time he hits a home run is kind of like the same thing with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, where it's like, oh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout homer in the same game. The opposing team wins 7-4. to four. Kind of the same thing with Juan Soto. Every single home run that I was watching of his yesterday, he was the one that I watched the most of. I love watching, I love watching Juan Soto swing a bat. But he was, he was hitting behind the whole time in the, in the score. It was just constantly, when Juan Soto cuts the deficit to two. You know, his team, like he has nobody around him. Who does he have around him on the Nationals? But Juan Soto, I couldn't believe it. I had all the lists. I had the list alphabetically, and then I forgot about one Juan Soto. Whew! From the 415. By the way, home run derby highlights don't work out so well on radio. Eh, that's fine. They will be. They, they, you know what? They, they might not, 415, but I'll figure it out. You know why? Because I'm a pro. <clears throat> from the 650. Nice guy. Happy payday Friday, baby. Which host take the day off? No days off. No days off, six five zero. Man, I I I just look. I'm I'm a, I'm a baseball guy. I can't wait for the home run derby. I do enjoy it. I think the futures game is this weekend too. The futures game is something that doesn't get nearly enough notoriety. Um, a lot of fun players to watch in the futures game. So I highly recommend you do that if you have a chance. All right, that's going to do it for me. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. They are coming up next. Thanks so much for joining me on this Friday. I hope you had fun for the final 15 minutes of the show. I like to do Langford's Long Balls on Fridays at 545. Or, yeah, 545. What do you want me to do? Bonte and Joe coming up next. Thanks so much, everyone. Me and producer Sam Loveman behind the glass up until 9 o'clock, along with the roast. And as always, go sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.